to Write Right, Season 2, Episode 5. Hello and welcome to Episode 5, Season 2 of the Write Right Podcast, your weekly pep talk on living the writing life. I am Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today we are talking about dealing with book reviews. Um, It's definitely a doozy of a topic, and this came up because I had an experience as a reviewer. Um, For those of you who don't know, I run a review blog called The Warbler Books, www.thewarblerbooks.com. And I frequently get contacted by authors with requests for reviews, and it's a really wonderful thing because... um, especially when authors reach out themselves. Um, For me, it's like a huge ego boost, and I get free books, so clearly it's wonderful for me. But it's also teaching me a lot about how to interact with authors. Um, But book reviews are kind of a quagmire, because you inevitably won't please all of your readers, um, and there is a chance that one of them will write something that is not entirely glowing about your work. So I had a book sent to me with a very strong pitch in one angle. Um, and I, I won't dig too deep, deeply into it, and I won't give any identifying characteristics of the author or the book. Uh, but then the book turned out to be very different, um, and it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, for a number of reasons. I thought the, I thought it was poorly edited. I thought there were a lot of mechanical issues with it. I thought um, that it went too far in the direction of, of a treatise trying to teach me something uh, rather than tell an honest story. And so I wrote a review to that effect, and the author of that book started following me around the internet and leaving commentary on my reviews about the quality of his book. Positive reviews he's gotten, uh, you know, essentially disagreeing with me fairly amicably. And then at one point he sent me an email again asking how I'd gotten the book, which I thought was odd since he was the one who contacted me and sent me the book. Um, And then he followed it up with a question asking how he could improve his pitch. I thought it was a like a wonderful like wow i wrote a bad review of your book and you're contacting me asking if we can have like positive dialogue that's fantastic so i wrote him a fairly detailed email with my suggestions for his pitch mostly they were things like keep it really short um have a lot of additional information available to the reviewer outside of the email should they want to go pursue it any further um and sort of respect their time because everyone's a pretty busy person. Um, I thought it was a fairly innocuous set of suggestions, and it's what I would have appreciated receiving. Um, And his response was like, uh, it was almost vicious. He called me incompetent. He said that I didn't understand his book. He said that my review was... uh, He essentially said that I read his book wrong, and that I was an idiot. (laughs) and I didn't much like that, so I just sort of, like, let that lie. But it also, it made me think about how to deal with reviews, and I've I've heard a lot of different writers talk about dealing with reviews very differently, Um, and I don't have anything published yet. Um, But John and Craig both have books out in the wild. Have you guys gotten reviews that weren't from me? Um, Yeah, you've never reviewed my books, but I don't take that personally. Um, But yeah, I've received many reviews. I've received pretty bad reviews, and I've received really good reviews, too. Uh, My latest review is someone who said, I love this book so much, but I can't give it five stars because it left me wanting more. So, I mean, that's a four-star review that I think is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to do, but go for it, you know? Like... (laughs) I'll take it for the compliment that I think it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I I've had I mean I've published far less than Craig. So I but I mean 
And actually, I haven't really had any reviews that I would say were really bad. Um, but when I look at reviews, I don't. I'm not really worried about whether they're good or bad. It's. I mean, if there's a bad review, I look for patterns. I'm more concerned. Let's say if there were a bunch of reviews and they all said the same thing, then that would be something for me to reflect on for future writing. Because you you can't change what's published, right? True. Um, so, uh, and, and you're always going to get the person who does a review that's off, off base, right? Um, but uh, sometimes I've I have seen. I mean, I I've seen a lot of reviews, other authors, other books. So I could talk a lot about patterns I've seen in that. Um, and like what I often see is some authors they will get all their friends, give them five star reviews, and you just see this plethora of shining glowing reviews and then you get the honest ones that come in yeah and it's possible that you know that the case you described might have been something like that uh because it you know if you if you get the right sort of people to leave you reviews they might not leave a critical review mm-hmm. so well i think it calls into question the nature of a book review which is something that i've been thinking a lot about personally because i started my blog as as a mechanism for keeping track of the books that I was reading because I'm very forgetful. Um, and it was really just sort of like a personal set of short essays about I liked this book because I didn't like this book because etc etc. And then it started getting readership and then I started getting contacted by publishers and I was like this is literally the coolest thing that has ever happened in my life. Um, still is. But um, the thing about all of these reviews, even by someone who's accredited writing for like the New York Times or whatever, is that these things are not objective truths. They are opinions of a reader. And sometimes this reader is very well read. Sometimes they are not. Sometimes they like certain kinds of books and sometimes they don't. And the fact of the matter is, is that as a writer, you cannot say, if you don't want someone telling you that your creative output is wrong, then you shouldn't be telling people that their personal opinion is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that it's because writing is a super personal thing. You know, like we're using this tool that everyone has access to, language, and we're creating something that's very much our child in a way. And then when someone says they don't like our kid, we're like, hey, man, screw you. This is my kid, man. You can't do that. Um, but like, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but, but I think you guys get my, my drift. Um, <laughs> The thing is that there are writers who are at the highest echelons of success, you know, multi, multi-time uh, bestsellers or published by one of the big five who just don't read book reviews at all, especially of their books, um, probably exclusively of their books, because I'm sure they read book reviews of other people's books. But they've just decided that good or bad, they can't deal with the emotional fluctuation and stress of reading people's opinions of their writing. Um and I, I can understand that in a way. Uh, and then also, it doesn't matter who you are as a writer or how well you write. You are always going to get bad reviews because you go to Amazon and look up any bestseller that you absolutely love or that is wide, widely loved by the reading public. And you'll find one-star reviews, two-star reviews. I mean, I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure the Harry Potter series has a whole whack of one-star reviews. Oh, for sure. And, Mm-hmm. Like, well-loved by people all around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read I read somewhere or heard on another podcast that your goal should be to have all five-star and one-star reviews. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Something along those lines where, like, 
So people who you're trying to reach get it and love it, and you acknowledge that not everyone is going to like your book. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I heard uh, Robert J. Sawyer say that, um, that you should have mm-hmm. all five stars and one stars because that means you're really hitting your target audience, and those are all the ones that give you five stars. And people who are not your target audience are giving you the one stars. Yeah, more like one in five. And then he had his pinky and index finger up, and then he put them down and then put another finger up for what these are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. let the listeners infer. <laughs> <laughs> the video feed was it's spectacular. Family, I think so. <laughs> I um, And then there's also the, there's always the writers who just know how to take it and sort of like run with it as a as kind of a funny situation i'm a big fan of uh the writer sam sykes he's actually incidentally diana gabaldon's son diana gabaldon of course who wrote outlander Mm -hmm. Uh, her son is also a writer and he writes these like magnificent mega tomes of like action fantasy that are like shenanigans based dungeons and dragons romps um and he loves tweeting out reviews that make no sense to him it'll be like two stars and the, the copy will say one of the best books I've ever read. <laughs> and he's like, I do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> like I'm confused. I have feelings. And that's a good way to deal with it. It's kind of cathartic. You're like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but so I don't know, like because I haven't published anything, but I have put writing out there. Um, I've, I've never gotten really negative feedback so i don't know what i would do in that situation and i don't mean to say that as like some kind of like i'm spectacular at writing thing but i think i just write and give it to friends yeah. um, who give me a lot more constructive feedback and where there is stuff that's lacking they are helpful um, yeah uh, i can speak from personal experience like when i started getting reviews for my first couple of things like when I got a one or two star review, like I felt like worthless as a writer. Like obviously I don't know what I'm doing. I should just quit now and like do whatever something else that doesn't involve working with the showing my work to the public. Um, but after a while I realized, you know what, those people really don't matter because I get people who tell me how much they love my stuff. So obviously it's opinion based and eventually I've gotten to the point where I don't look at reviews. Like I check out reviews maybe every six months just because i'm curious i'll log into my amazon central account author central account on amazon but for the most part i don't read them and if i get a one or two star review it just doesn't even phase me anymore um i just kind of i will read it uh to see if there's a valid point in there because sometimes people make valid points in one and two star reviews Mm -hmm. but if there's no valid point then i just forget about it and move on because I don't have the time or energy to waste thinking about that. Totally. But it did take a while to get there. Like it mm-hmm. took a long while to get there mentally. Yeah. I think, I think part of it is, I mean, as an author, you develop a sense of professionalism um, about putting your work out there and receiving feedback from readers. Uh, like one of the most recent things that I put out um, I had no idea what kind of feedback I was going to get on it. And I was, I was, surprised that it was mostly four and five star reviews uh, and these were just people i had asked to read read the book and give an honest opinion and uh uh afterward because i had uh, given these people a copy to review so that they could uh you know they could they could put that up on amazon and goodreads um i thanked them and told them that they even had some critical things like like some people that gave four stars said 
there were some things that they were left wanting still, and I thanked them. I said that it really does reflect the what's in the work. Thank you for sharing that. And it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a fault of the work. It was just there. One of the effects that, as a writer, when I um, put that together, I was anticipating that that might be an issue. So it 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 as far as I'm concerned, if a, ref- a review accurately tells other readers what they can expect if they read this book. That is good. That's good. And as an author, if that's your goal, if you've done your work to do your best and you're willing to look in the mirror and accept what you what you see, uh, that's good. That's where the professionalism comes in. But I think depending on where authors are at in their journey, sometimes there's a lot of emotions involved and it takes time to overcome that. You kind of have to grow a thick alligator skin yeah. and uh, not let anything phase you. Totally. You know, that makes me think of... Um... Of, of the idea that, you know, sometimes a writer wants to frustrate the reader. Sometimes a writer wants to fill their book with characters that are not lovable. Mm-hmm. And a reviewer or a reader might be like, this book frustrated me. And I hated the characters. And the writer is like, good. That was my <laughs> plan. <laughs> you know, I actually, um, I listened to this series. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to just humble brag forever here. But uh, Audible sends me books to review now. Uh, which is great because I love listening to audiobooks and now I just get them for free. Um, and I listened to the series that I totally fell in love with and I was so deeply aggravated by the omission of this massive piece of world building. The, like the series ended, the trilogy ended right when this like huge bomb was about to drop and it was like, nah, not relevant. <laughs> and I was just like, why? Like it, it drove me nuts. And I asked the writer on Twitter, did you mean to do that? And he was like, absolutely. Mm. And he was like, I really appreciated the review. Like, the feeling that you had, like, that desire to know more, I want you to pick up my other books. That's why. I want you to be curious about the things that I write. Mm. And I was like, dude, that's pretty smart, man. (laughs) It's like, it's a good good technique. Because the book resolved well. But there was Mm. this whole hidden world that I never got to see. Um, that just made, it made the story feel like, like I had just scraped the surface of a world and we might go back there some other time. Um, and I thought, I thought it was really cool that that was his intention. And I'm sure that a lot of people feel like that's a glaring problem with the book. And every time he gets a review that says, this guy left out all this world building, he's probably just like, you're right. Thanks Mm -hmm. for noticing. Um, even if it's a two star review, I bet that kind of satisfies him somehow. But like, I... I'm writing a character right now who I want people to be frustrated with and dislike. Um, and he's the protagonist of a story. And I want his supporting cast to be really likable and slowly change his view of the world. So the opening chapters are going to be kind of tough to get through. And I imagine that I'm not going to get everyone to want to read through those first chapters. Because there's just this like pompous jerk being a pompous jerk. Um, irredeemable guy syndrome um and so if someday that gets published and a reviewer is like i couldn't finish the third chapter the guy was just such an asshole (laughs) then i'll be Mm -hmm. like great (laughs) maybe i don't know i say that now but my ego is enormous and fragile so um but yeah so so i don't know i don't remember where i was going with this and so i've completely derailed the conversation and for that i do apologize um but i can I can sort of stop 
the conversation now and um and pitch my thing that I think everyone should read my recommendation for people um and this is related to the idea of controlling our response to things that happen out in the world um last year my girlfriend recommended a book to me called Buddha's Brain Practical Neuroscience of Happiness Love and Wisdom and the thing that really stuck out to me in that uh that book which reframes an understanding of Buddhist principles through the lens of modern neuroscience, which I thought was very compelling for a skeptic hippie like me. Um, but what it talks about is the notion that the things that truly hurt us aren't the events that, uh, the, the phrase that is used in the Buddhist term is, I believe, uh, poison darts. They're not the poison darts that hit us. They're the ones that we shoot back out into the world. And it's it's... Uh, to be honest, it's kind of a weak metaphor, but it's the idea that like your response to things is what is harmful to you. And it's the thing you have the most direct control over. Um, and that, that notion really, really sunk in deep with me. And it changed a lot about the way that I respond to all kinds of different things that happened in my life. Um, but it's the thing that came to mind most clearly when I saw this guy following my reviews around and commenting how he was better than I said he was. Um, because if he had just left well enough alone and sought other reviewers, he probably would have been a lot happier. Like it didn't really phase me that he was super upset. I just thought that he was doing himself harm, um, at least professionally. So that's my recommendation. Um, I do not remember the, the name of the author right now, but um, I will include it in the liner notes so that you guys can uh, check it out on Amazon or wherever else um, you like to buy books. It's called Buddha's brain. Practical Neuroscience of Happiness, Love, and Wisdom. Um, so let's let's get back to the conversation. Um, should you read any reviews of your work? Oh, uh, I like I said, I don't. Um, I mean, I do check in on them maybe every six months or so, but yeah. I prefer just to stay away. But that's just me. Yeah, and I I am of the opinion that. I like to, and I will. I mean, for as long as I'm putting books out, I intend to read the reviews. If I ever get into the position where there's so many that I can't read them, well, I'll, that's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I like the opportunity to learn, and I don't take it personally. I also don't get obsessed over them, and I'm not always checking, checking, checking. It's just a matter of, okay, let's see what people have had to say, and uh, have I, is this having the effect I thought it would have? And that's really all, all I want to know. Um, and I, I don't worry about it for that given book. It would just be for, uh, for future writing. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't even really have anything to add to that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's complicated, especially with the advent of the web. Like prior, prior to the web, reviews existed in accredited publications by readers who were paid to do this from a you know etc 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 and now anyone can say however they feel about a book um on any variety of platforms you can review books on instagram or pinterest or youtube there's booktube world and everyone has a blog that's a wordpress blog um and it provides everyone with a voice and that means that there's a much greater likelihood of of you reading someone who's not entirely happy with your work. Um, and that's something that we just have to like, you know, accept and sort of be at peace with. Um, but there is something that I see in the notes that Craig wrote um, that actually made me think of something that I saw earlier today on Twitter. Um, 
what, what Craig said in the notes was that it's complicated by sites like Goodreads, which encourages people to rate uh, books on whether or not they like, are they're likely to enjoy it, not whether or not they've read them. And uh, I saw earlier today on Twitter, uh, John Scalzi and, and, and another writer that he's friends with were talking about how there's a huge bot problem on Goodreads um, and that a ton of the review statistics are coming in from just bots, from, from software that, you know, is just clicking however many stars seems relevant to it at the time. And the example they chose was a book by John Scalzi that hasn't even been written yet. And it had an oh. average of like 2.2 stars after nine reviews. And, then, wow. and, and John Scalzi was like, I haven't even written this yet. Like, it, it's okay. Like, it didn't, didn't bother him. But that's actually really, uh, it's, it's refreshing mm -hmm. to know, right? Because you can attribute, you can attribute so much, uh, you know, intent behind something like a bad review online or like a, just a bad star rating with no context. But that just might be a robot. So, so like take it with well, a grain of salt <laughs> depending on the genre like i know that the uh romance industry particularly mm or gay romance has been hit by this someone who does not approve of the genre will just mm. go and star absolutely everything in the genre yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean the 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 community is fraught with kind of like nefarious individuals who are trying to hijack various elements of the uh of of fandom and the writing community, um, and so you're you're absolutely right. There are going to be those people who, who see it as a as a good use of time to go around and like individually, uh, one star books that they'll never read and just hate that they exist. Um, so yeah, um, I think if you want uh, like a a good little takeaway thought for an authors listening to this right now, it's to realize or to. I get accept maybe yeah accepts the uh, the right word that the reader for you is going to be intelligent enough when they go and they look at reviews to look at other reviews and that bad reviewer is not going to they're going to look at that in context you know if somebody is way off base for what everyone else is saying then that's not going to necessarily prevent someone from reading your book so mm -hmm. there's a big picture and yes especially sites like goodreads it can just be so inaccurate totally. and misrepresentative. And so, you know, like, just keep that in mind. Trust your reader. Trust that your your reader who's considering looking at your book is smart and is going to see the big picture. Totally. And I don't know about you guys, but I've actually bought books or seen movies based on bad reviews. <laughs> if it's a well-written bad review and the reader or the viewer, in the case of a movie, didn't like it because of a certain aspect that might be an aspect I like. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually bought books and watched movies yep. and TV shows based on bad reviews because it highlights something that I actually like. Mm -hmm. That's actually an awesome segue into my final thoughts, which are, um, it would be irresponsible of me as a book reviewer <laughs> to say not to read book reviews of any kind um, because I read them frequently to see what I will and, and won't want to read. And just like you said, Craig, like if someone doesn't like a book for a reason that I would very much like it, I will go buy the book. Um, so whether or not you're going to read your own book reviews down the road, it's really it really depends on how you feel about your writing. And it's probably going to be fairly close to what Craig said about his own, which is initially he read his reviews and they had a really deep impact, but eventually he just didn't really have the time and it wasn't relevant anymore and he was writing because he loves to write. 
Um, and someone out there is going to like it and someone out there isn't going to, and that's okay. Um, so we are at time, uh, but John has our, uh, editing, writing research prompt thing. So I will let you kick it off. All right. So, um, this is, this is just for if you to do, if you want to do this with your own, uh, book, go ahead. But I wanted to make this for everyone just in case you prefer not to read your reviews. So, um, read several reviews of an author you greatly admire. Pay attention to any patterns that you notice. What are the good patterns, the things that people are enjoying? And what are the critical issues that come up uh, more than once? So try to do that with, uh, you know, take a book that maybe has at least 30 or more reviews and uh, see what you come up with. And uh, you'll notice that, see, yeah, I mean, you might notice different things. So see what that exercise does for you. That's okay. <laughs> Um, well, great. Well, thank you so much, guys, and uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. And we will uh, we will catch you next week. 